Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimetz, and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews, live and in person, at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in, all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy! Hi everyone, as I mentioned before, it's open seating and we'll leave time for questions from the audience at the end so you can be thinking about those. My name is Molly LeBeau. I'm the Associate Director of School Administration at San Francisco Ballet, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by soloist Jasmine Jemison and principal dancer Esteban Hernandez. Hello. Yes, they danced yesterday, and today we'll be having a conversation about Giselle. So first of all, congratulations on your debut as Giselle and Albrecht. You are beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. In a couple of sentences, please tell us where you're from and a little bit about your journey to San Francisco Ballet. Well, I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I was born in Palo Alto. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I spent most of my childhood in Palo Alto, um, but my family is in Menlo Park now. Um, I actually started out as a figure skater. So I did that. Um, I started when I was four, and I actually started dancing to supplement my figure skating. My coaches told me that that would help with the artistry and um, like the fluidity of the arms. So that's how I started that. And when I was 10, both coaches, um, my figure skating coaches and my ballet or dance coaches said that I needed to make a decision whether I wanted to do figure skating or dance because both are very demanding and require a lot of attention. So I went with dance because I don't know I was just really drawn to it like the artistic side of it and I'm not the most athletic person <laughs> um, yeah so I chose that and a couple years later I decided to go more into ballet because I was originally doing more like competition stuff like jazz lyrical um, but I fell in love with ballet and I knew of San Francisco Ballet, obviously, because it's local and it's the most, like, one of the greatest companies in the world. So I was really drawn to that. And I joined the school when I was 12. And then I just went up through the levels. And then now we're here. I didn't know you were a figure skater. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> um, yeah, so I'm originally from Guadalajara, Mexico. And uh, I'm one of 11 siblings. Um, both of my parents were dancers. Uh, my dad was my teacher. Uh, my brother Isaac just joined the company this year. And it's very exciting to have him here. Um, yeah, I, I studied with my dad. I started uh, when I was seven years old. And uh, at age 13, I moved to Philadelphia to study at the Rock School for Dance Education 
where I was there for three years and then went on to uh, study at the Royal Ballet School in London. Uh, once I graduated from the Royal Ballet School, I auditioned uh, everywhere and I got a job offer here. Um, I knew that I liked San Francisco because my brother at the time was dancing here and I would come and visit him and I would come uh, and spend time. I, I think I watched every show of Nutcracker uh, like before I even joined uh, the company. So um, I had a good idea of what the company was like. I had a good idea of what the dancers were like. And yeah, I, I also felt drawn to this place. Uh, so when I got an offer to join uh, the company, I, I immediately agreed to it. And 10 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of your character's personality and actions in Giselle? Uh, well, Giselle is a very innocent and loving girl. I think she's, her good-naturedness leads to her naiveness a little bit because she always sees the best in everyone and never thinks ill of any person. So I think that's why in um, the end of act one, the heartbreak is so real for her because she can't really understand why anybody would be so cruel even unintentionally. And it's just that pure of heart and mind um, that leads to that madness. Um, yeah. Yeah. Albrecht is very different from that. <laughs> um, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you kind of have to look at sort of the environment where, like if you were to think about like his childhood and how he grew up and the kind of place that he comes from, it's a place of privilege, it's a place where he, I don't, I, at least in my opinion, he doesn't ever really have to face consequences for his actions, he lives a life kind of uh, how he wants to and never kind of sticks around long enough to see the repercussions of his actions. Um, so in this, in this situation where, uh, him, where he's involved with Giselle, it's, it's different because I think he sees that good nature in Giselle and he sees that she's different from sort of like anybody else that he has ever encountered. And I think that's what draws him to her. And at least in my interpretation of, of Albrecht, I think he ends up feeling, kind, finding himself almost surprised by how much he cares about her. And he grows, he, he, he gets to care about her to the point where when he sees what his actions do to her, it just breaks him. Uh, and I also think that it's, it's one of the first times, if not the first time, that he ever sees kind of like what his actions do to people. And, and I think that also serves as a way for him to realize that maybe he loves her. But at the same time, I don't think that he is brave enough to give up everything in his life and all of his responsibilities and everything that he has for for love so in a way i think he's like he's a coward <laughs> so 
Uh, and then eventually, when he comes back in the second act, it's, kind of, it's still like out of wanting to making himself feel better, but also not in a way that's like open. He's going there by himself when nobody's around because he's a coward. <laughs> Jasmine, how do you manage the transition during intermission from act one when you've fallen in love, gone mad, and died, and then you're supposed to come back as a spirit? Um, well, it's definitely quite the transition. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely a weird thing going from, well, because in act one, she is such a happy, go lucky. She's almost skipping around on stage, like such just a fun loving girl. I mean, a little bit shy as well, but just so joyful. And then having that snap and breakdown. Um, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. So by intermission, I'm pretty emotionally exhausted. So yeah, we, I mean, there's the hair change and the costume change. So I kind of take that moment for me to just like sit in my chair and almost meditate a little bit because it's such a drastic change emotionally and also dancing wise from that energy and joyfulness to almost like the calm and ethereal quality. So I feel like most of act two for me is very meditative. So like getting into that state of mind and just like grounding myself and finding that peace. Like I'll almost, for the beginning of act two during the Willie's dance, I'll just sit side stage and just not move one to like rest my legs, um, but also just to like kind of get into that mindset and switch over like to a new version of Giselle. And Esteban, how do you maintain stamina and strength in the second act while doing all of these technically demanding steps and making it look so easy, but also trying to appear like you're not going to dance to your death as the Queen of the Willies is trying to make you do? Um, well, I'm not entirely sure I maintain my stamina and strength all the way through. You definitely try, uh, but I think choreographically and like in terms of the story, it sort of like drives you to literally feel like you're dancing to death. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that I, I mean, one of the, thing, one of the things that I kind of like dreaded most was that moment of the entrechassis at the end of the, of the second act. Uh, it's such an iconic moment in the ballet. Uh, and, and you know, I remember when we were first, we were first learning it, and going through the first act and then like everything that you do in the second act and then being like, how am I gonna make it? How am I gonna be able to keep keep doing that? And it's sort of, I don't know, it's this kind of like almost trance-like uh, feeling uh, that you might not feel like your body is capable, but you know you have to. And so you just start and then your body just keeps going and it sort of, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. And then by the time that you sort of come to it, it's over. And you're still alive. <laughs> Can you describe the Entrechassis series for everyone in the audience that maybe hasn't taken ballet class so they know what to look out for? Yeah, it's a series of 
consecutive vertical uh, jumps uh, whilst beating your legs three times. So most people, I, I believe there's only one of us that does all 32, uh, and then the three of us do 24. But 24 feels like enough. <laughs> That's still a lot. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about what the energy is on stage in the second act when the two of you have opposite feelings of all of the willies? Like, how do you deal with that tension of they want him to die and to be punished, and you're trying to save him because you love him so much? Yeah, it's definitely the word for it is bare because I think with the the sets as well it's very um, open there's so much space and there's the willies on the side all ganged up together and uh, it's just us two in that oh willy uh, really open space and um, well I think Giselle at this point she's just freshly dead so she still has that um, sense of a little bit of human emotion, whereas the other willies, they've maybe been dead for many years, and they've had time to ruminate over their hatred of men. <laughs> uh, so Giselle's not quite at that place yet, and I feel like even if she was dead for years, I don't think she would ever get to that point because of her innate nature. Um, but yeah, no, it's just... Uh, having that sense of her good-heartedness and feeling like she can't relate to the other willies because of her experience. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's very, very intimate almost, mm. I feel. Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned it to you the other day that we were watching, it, it almost feels like, um, I don't know, like, like there's nobody else around. I feel like I have, like I rely so much on the connection that we have on stage throughout the whole second act that sort of creates this like bubble where you kind of forget where you are. Uh, and so to me, I often don't even realize where I am on the stage or who is around me, you definitely feel people's, people's energy. But it's more of um, yeah, this like intimate bubble. And, and, it, and to me, I feel like that's what gets me through the whole of the second act. I, I really rely on, on Jasmine <laughs> a lot. Uh, there are, like, especially towards the end when you feel like you can't keep going anymore. There's something about like the way that we look at each other that makes it feel like you can still keep going. Um, and so I feel like it's a very special thing. It's a very special, yeah, I, I don't think that I've ever experienced anything like it. <laughs> yeah, it's almost yeah. otherworldly. Like we, yeah, as you said, it feels like everything kind of melts away and if we're just looking into each other's eyes and like, I feel like there's some like, we process the same thing and we're like, yes, we can yeah. do this and we're thinking the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, especially towards the end, like my legs, probably not as tired as yours, <laughs> mm, still. Uh, but still very tired. And when we look at each other, it's just like, yes, we can get through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, as an audience member, I feel like we also feel transported to another world whenever the two of you were dancing. So that definitely is being portrayed to everyone watching as well. I'm just going to ask one more question, and then we'll open it up to questions from the audience. But with a ballet with nearly 200 years of history, to whom or what did you look towards for inspiration? Uh, well, because there has been nearly 200 years of uh, this ballet, uh, there's so many different beautiful interpretations of Giselle. So, and also the lovely um, coaches that we have have so much wonderful input and um, their own interpretations of it. So for me, I feel just taking as much of that information as I can and applying it to myself, and but also seeing all these other versions and taking inspiration from that and seeing what feels authentic to me, because uh, I do want to make it my own. I would. I would never want to copy somebody else completely because I want to respect that. Um, but yeah, just finding what uh, others do and making it apply to myself and taking everything that I, all the wonderful coaches are saying. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely important to have sort of points of reference. Uh, I mean, there, there has been so many different interpretations of this ballet. and. And so for me, it's sort of like having as much information available to me and then making choices. And, and again, making choices that feel authentic and that feel also like myself. I have to say, we had some great coaching from uh, Joanna, from Helgi, from Tamara. Uh, and, uh, but I also definitely won, I mean, my favorite dancer of all time is Baryshnikov. Uh, so I definitely look to him for inspiration and ideas and, uh, and, and also my brother. Uh, he's danced this ballet so many times and, and I, was so, I was really curious to hear about his process and how he approached the, the role. Uh, and it's funny, I mean, it's like, it's almost like we're related. <laughs> we somehow arrive at like similar, similar conclusions and similar ways of approaching the character. Of course, in our own way, but, uh, but yeah, it was definitely fun to look around and see what, what was out there. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.